0: Welcome to Enroute to Success, where we have raw, vulnerable conversations between Fitz DeSanto, Sam Boyer, and many talented individuals, unraveling the truths and principles of people's experiences, methods to grow, and discovering how to live a fulfilling lifestyle. Buckle up. The journey begins now.
1: Welcome back, you guys. We are in part two of our interview with Mr. Sam Bell. Thank you for staying with us. <laughs> Thank you Thanks for having me. Well, I think what we were talking about from the previous episode is I like the whole story that you said about this whole timeline of the shift. I'm going to dive into this real quick and I'm going to lean into this. What was that moment like for you with that decision making that you've done from moving we've We've heard the struggles with either you'll be married with you and Astros or to Amanda <laughs> <laughs> and but I want to know really what was your thought process behind those words in a way of prompted that decision, and two, so it's a twofold question obviously there's fear that comes with that, right because You're making this huge career change completely from being with Houston Astros, with being with them 24-7 to a point that you guys have to move to California. Still doing what you do, but not in the, I would say, the sports field. If you could walk us through what was the thought process there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, there's still, uh, believe it or not, there's still more to that story. But, um, you know, after, after the wife injured her knee, you know, we actually had, it was, it was kind of a rough go for a little bit because uh, my wife's grandmother had passed. Um, my grandmother had passed all within like the same month. Um, well, you know, there's, there's a couple, you know, we talked about some of the bonds you create with some of these, these athletes. And one of the guys who, who was, yeah, we just clicked, we got along. He trusted me. Um, you know, we're about as close of, of friends as you could be working in that capacity. He, in a matter of an instant, he, he suffered a brain injury and actually passed away. Wow. So really sad. And then believe it or not, about a week later, one of my, one of my good buddies, his fiance had a brain aneurysm as well. Um, and I was like all of that at once. Um, cause you, what they say with the aneurysms is you actually have about a 50% chance of survival, even with uh, extensive brain surgery. Um, and I think they did 17 hours on, on the former Baltimore Raven. And he unfortunately did not Survive my my friend's fiance, and unfortunately she's she's still here, but she's also at the same time not in the same mental capacity that she was. So it was significant life changes all in one moment that just slapped us in the face and and made us realize our mortality and just how life is just fleeting. And it you're not always going to be in the same position Mm -hmm. and have the same people around you at the same time. You know, we we just really tried to think about what was important for us at that moment. You know, we tried to think. You know, if, if money wasn't an issue, which, where would we go? What would we do? What would we do to enjoy ourselves? Um, mm-hmm. And now with, with my wife being pregnant as well, that, that put another, you know, another, a whole another thing to think about too. And it's what kind of role model that I want to be for my son? Sure. Did I want to put work first or did I want to put family life first? You know, so, so that, that was really what prompted the change uh, for us as well. Um, and yeah, there's tremendous amount of fear. Like I I still go through that, you know, on, on a daily basis, just now, now we got to worry about making ends meet, um, Mm -hmm. you know, so it's, it's for different reasons than before, but yeah, you know, that's one thing, you know, one thing we we definitely thought about and we really kind of pushed us for change, but, um, it was, it was the fact of, you know, people die and you got to make the most
0: of what you got in the the short time that you have. Absolutely. Warrior. Yeah. Well, it's thinking about all the the life stuff that comes up, you know, whether you're in the professional athlete realm or not, like the stuff still happens and it's a great reminder. And I guess I'm, I'm a little curious seeing and working with these people in those types of situations. Cause I'm sure, you know, they've come to you when their personal lives have had the, the train derail and, and different things come up, how seeing people at their highs and their lows, either physically, mentally, everything, how did you like keep your emotional stability throughout that? Cause I'm sure a lot of people came to you as like their reassurance or kind of, yeah, fix my body, but also like <laughs> help me through this situation mentally, you know, You're Almost like a mental therapist at the same time. Right? That, you
2: know, that's part of the reason why we need to take so many psychology courses kind of coming mm-hmm. through is that that's, that's a huge part of it. You see them at their worst part when they're mm-hmm. so low and so depressed, because again, you know, the, the we talk about football players and their injuries, then they don't they have a plan B, you know, there's a lot of things going through their head and it's really our job kind of being the first one that, that gets to them on the field and through the whole rehab process. Um, you know, that is a great part is I get to spend six to eight months every day for about three hours with this person and you get to see the change and you get to be, you have to be that positive voice when sure. there's no one else, because and you think about what's going through their head, their family, they've got so many different people in their heads, their agents, the coaches, coaches pushing them to get back. Mm-hmm. Even if it's just a simple injury, we would, you know, we would see, you know, the, the, the players would be on the table and coaches would walk through after one of the meetings get done. And it was just kind of like a, you know, to the coaches, it probably wasn't anything, but Hey man, where are you coming back? Or, mm. you know, you know, what's taking you so long, kind of like joking, but that kind of stuff doesn't help the situation, you know, cause there's so many things going through the player's head already. And in football, you know, versus baseball there's no guaranteed money no guaranteed contracts you could you could backload a contract for say hey I'm gonna get you on a team for 10 years put all the money at the at the back end so that when they get to the 10-year mark they get all their money and they get cut after one year and and there's nothing they, they don't have anything else after that they're left without money without a team um, so yeah it's you there's a lot of ups and downs and it's kind of up to you to help coach them through this whole this whole episode and it's it's great and it's really tremendous to see in the end, just being thanked for it. That's all Yes, for return. It's just a, a simple thank you. And then you get to see him go out on the field and kick some ass. And it's just an amazing feeling, you know? Yeah. Would you say that
1: you share the same pressure from the players to, because you have to treat them too, right? And make them perform and get their performance level up to the highest it could be. Would you say you felt the same pressure like that the players is experiencing when they're off? Yeah. And there's, there's so much pressure and
2: it would, yeah. it would wear on me to kind of bring it because I try not to bring work home. I try to try to leave it there. So when I get home, it's there, but there were times when, you know, you're working with QB one who's, who's getting back from a serious injury and, and you didn't have a good day and, and you bring it home. And, you know, I'm, I'm probably not the nicest husband that I could be type of thing. But there's so much pressure on you from all sorts of, you know, everything, you know, cause, cause coaches will bring up how much, you know, for, you know, front office will bring up how much, how much money they're losing every game by this player, not going. Mm-hmm. Coaches will bring up how their team looks different. My boss, my head athletic trainer, he was great because he, you know, once I, I proved myself, he kind of let me do my own thing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, it wasn't necessarily him. who was on my ass. It was the coach and the head coach and the manager and the general manager and the assistant general manager, and then the owner who was on his ass. So, you know, the way shit rolled downhill is what it is. And that's just professional sports. So yeah, there was always a tremendous amount of pressure, you know, just, just you try not to think about those kind of things when you are, you know, trying to get people to do, you know, people to do what you want to do in, in a rehab standpoint, but uh, it always is sitting in the back of your head. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, I could just imagine because I've always looked at people here bear with me guys. <laughs> I've always looked at people that wears uniform when, the, when, whenever you talk about, whenever you talk about, saying that i don't bring it home with me and one analogy that one of one of my good friends told me he's a cop and he was saying that there's a reason why i wear a uniform because when i get home i take i take I take off my uniform and i take off everything that came with it and i don't want to bring that and would you say that's something that i like kind of looked at yeah absolutely
2: yeah because yeah, it's it's I get, you know, at that time, I only get had maybe two hours a day with my wife mm-hmm. at home and I want to make the most of it and not, you know, try my best not to bring things home.
1: Mm-hmm. Has,
2: impact. Does Amanda ask like, hey, what happened to work? <laughs> she does. And she'd always laugh because, you know, I'd, I would uh, try my best to not use names sure. with injuries. And she'd like, it's right there on ESPN. I don't know who you're talking about. <laughs> but, you know, I still tried to do my best to to
1: not, you know, violate any of the rules that I was given up front. You know, yeah, so. absolutely boy or do you
0: have any other pressing questions related to I was, that well I was thinking about <clears throat> being an athlete myself like I played goalie in ice hockey if, if you didn't know that Sam but the like every single game good or bad I brought home with me like regardless for the longest time I think it took until like my last season sophomore year of college to figure it out and and I think part of that's just like you know emotional maturity and all that kind of things but It's just so true that it's hard to not to separate those types of things, but especially with, you know, being the person that they're coming through, like, how did you keep everything straight with not just like the plans for these athletes, but like all the emotional stuff that they're bringing you? Like you said, you had to be that positive light. What, what did you get your positivity from when all these people are like literally like not leeching obviously, but like draining, you know, you have this energy and this positivity. Great question. Good question.
2: I don't know, maybe me being a part of the whole journey for them kind of hiding my excitement that I get to open up a new chapter in my own life and um, get to know this athlete a little bit better um, and and kind of let them leave their impact on me as well, you know, as vice versa as well, you know, maybe it was excitement that I got to work with them. It, it was always difficult to also hide had the other end was you see these injuries to somebody who's expected to have a terrific year and you know, your team's going far and just, you know, just, there's just, maybe it's because I let it out on the field a little bit um, mm. and in the football realm, I mean, you know, if you can remember a day when you'd attend a sporting event and there'd be, you know, no seats left because it was packed crowd, you know, it was great because you could yell and say anything you want. And unless you're mic'd up, which I never was, um,
1: <laughs> which you, you could uh, pretty much
2: say whatever you wanted. You know, yeah. um, so there, you know, you let a couple of curses out on the field, but you know, just like just like getting screamed at by a coach, it's you know, take everything with a grain of salt. You got to move on, uh, next man up. And it took a long time for me to get that mentality through my head that you know, it's it's a profession, you know, it's a business more than anything, sure. and and you got to you know,
0: you just go to the next guy and you just you know, just got to deal with it. You know, I got I got a follow up for that one then. So whenever like someone's, you know, obviously you don't have to name names and stuff, but whenever someone's had like a really potentially like a career ending injury, like, have you had to be in those types of situations, Mm -hmm. deliver that news and, and just how did, how did that go? And what was that experience like? I obviously from your standpoint, as opposed to, cause you had that happen to you and you know, your own way, but like, how did you then, how do you deliver those messages to people?
2: Yeah. You know, that's, unfortunately I've, i was never really the one to deliver that message you know we've got team docs you know they make the big bucks so they're the ones that kind of deliver the news but i've certainly been in the room and uh you know you just you just feel so bad because it's you know it's from them you just see you see the life kind of get wiped out from their eyes and it's just so, so disheartening um because they know it the surgeon knows it everybody in the room knows it um and and you know, most of the time there's this glimmer of hope and, and, you know, it's just gets removed and you just see kind of the life leave their body. And it's just, it's, hmm. it's nothing that, you know, it's, it's something that I'm glad I don't ever have to relive in in the
0: right now, the career path that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Totally. And then I guess one thing to finish that off and my thought process on a more positive note, how thankful are a lot of these guys, like after you've helped them overcome an injury, or even if it's been something you worked with someone like all season long and you know, for instance i guess with with Baltimore when you do win a Super Bowl like how how fulfilling is that feeling of going through all those struggles to get to a point like that where you can see the success
2: I mean it's amazing, and you know the the years that we you know it's almost worse on some of those years where you expect to be good, and you just you kind of fizzle out at the end or you get to one playoff game and lose and um but i mean it's it's just an amazing feeling it's you know, incredible. You know, the only thing in my life that's actually lived up to that is, is the birth of my son. So, you know, it's, it's great that that keeps on living on. I've got something else kind of push me to, to be the best person I can be every day. You know, that, that feeling the Super Bowl is close second, you
0: know? Mm-hmm. That's awesome. No, Fitz, I'll pass it back to you. That was my, my thought was going <laughs> that direction. <You> no, know, it, <laughs> you know, it was very well explained eloquent. Thank you for, for sharing that. That's a very powerful
1: story. So this is a perfect, segue of I'm gonna Sam I'm gonna be the buoy today I'm gonna light it up a little bit <laughs> <Lighting> it up <laughs> so I know you've shared this with me but we can edit it out if you if I'm not cool to share it but um, what makes a sporting event I know you've shared with me that it wasn't as enjoyable right now like you haven't enjoyed watching a sporting event for a very long time I want to know one is why and what makes it not enjoyable if you could talk about that a little bit well you know uh, you know gonna not not trying
2: to name drop but you know the, some of the smartest minds you'll ever meet are actually some of these football players which is crazy to think mm-hmm. just how how good they are when they apply themselves how they can study film and read defenses and know what's coming before whatever happens um, but then you try to put them in front of, you know, a lecture or something like that and they're, they're just done. But, uh, you know, Zach Thomas once told me, you know, because we asked him a very similar question and that kind of like made a mark on me. He's like, he always made a point where he wouldn't watch ESPN because he just spent his whole day, hmm. you know, I think, I think he's actually one of the best studies as far as being able to read a defense that's ever played the game. And he's like, I just spent 14 hours today playing, studying, you know, watching football, watching tape, I'm not going to go home and turn it on. Sure. And for me, I was kind of like, you know, there's a lot of truth to that. Why, you know, sure. why am I, you know, I'm already dedicating my life to athletics. Why do I want to be burning the candle at both ends? I'm kind of quicken the pace of burnout, which, you know, is sure. definitely a real thing. So for like, you know, for sporting events, it, it took me a, a long time before I could actually turn on a game when I was at home in my free time. People would be like, why aren't you watching the NFL draft? I'm like, I'm going to see them this weekend. <laughs> I'm going to know who we draft." <laughs> when they come into the facility and practice, um, you know, and and people always want to talk sports with me. I get it because I don't really, you know, at the time I didn't really have a life outside of sports. So people are trying to be nice and have a conversation. Sure. And the last thing I want to do is talk sports because, you know, for me, people didn't understand how, how personal the Ravens winning was, you know, it, it wasn't about the team winning or losing and, and people who were close to me still didn't understand this. They didn't understand all of the hard work we put in throughout the year um, and, and how people who are just, you know, your typical sports fans, you know, they, it's really like, it's really more of a hobby. something to kind of get them away from their life and a way to be fun and social, but for the, for the players and the athletes and myself, like this was our livelihood. If, if the team succeeds, you know, we all succeed. Um, people just didn't, didn't quite get that. So the last thing I want to do is talk sports when I got home from the day and, and, uh, you know, an example of this was somebody who I, I still consider a close friend. I still kind of hold this grudge against him. But when, when I was with the Astros, you know, we, I got him, I set him up with tickets to the World Series. He's a big Nationals fan. He came to visit me in Houston after the Nationals had won game seven in a big National sweatshirt at a bar in Houston. <laughs> and like that's just that's just how the, the general population just sure. uh, thinks of these things like it's oh it's all fun and games, but no, like don't hurt like being with the squad from from spring from spring training all the way through the World Series. I think we played we played the we were tied with the nationals for the most games played that year because all of our series went to five games or seven games. And then he comes wearing a sweatshirt and it's just kind of like a, a kick in the ass, like you know, ha ha, like my team beat your team, but no, it's, it's not my team. Not my team motherfucker. Like this is my life. This is my life. (laughs) This is how I live, you know? And you know, Matt, if you're hearing this, man, like I think I, I think I told you already what I thought about it, but, uh, you know, but that's, that's kind of the general mindset. It's like, yeah, it's, you know, people, people take sports. Like it's a hobby for me. It's very different. So when I went home at the end of the day, no, I didn't want to turn it on. No, you know, I didn't want to go to, you know, go, attend a
1: sporting event that was the last thing I wanted to do Mm -hmm. it's making sense too that we're good friends Bill because I don't watch a lot of sports so it's probably something refreshing (laughs) it it
2: is refreshing that's the right word because um you know I was out in California even for eight months you know you notice how people they don't necessarily stay inside they're not watching the game they're out at the beach they're out hiking and, you know, so when I, when I got back into with the Astros, I kind of still had that mindset where, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I asked one of my buddies, um, you know, from Wisconsin, if he knew a certain player, um, I was like, Oh, you was just casual conversation. Oh, you know, this guy at all. And he got mad at me. He's like, how dare you ask me if I don't know this player, of course, I know this player, I know everything about him. Um, <laughs> and so it's like, it's, it's just, it's just different mindsets, you know?
1: Um, That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. A, a little fun facts too. Um, Just not to get off topic, but just a random thing. Because fun facts, when you mentioned like people in California loves the hiking, going out and being outdoor. Um, One of my friends was telling me statistically, the state of California is the hardest state to sell live games onto because... People don't want to go. <laughs>
2: so but you look at like uh you look at financial information sure. and the Angels actually have the highest rate of, of season ticket holders and sellouts. Yeah. But when we went to play the Angels, uh you just look around and you're like, where the hell is everybody? Mm-hmm. It's an empty stadium. Yep. Because it's a beautiful
1: day. I don't blame yep. them. Exactly. <laughs> That's that was my point, yeah. you know, because <laughs> no one would go because there's a lot more things to to do around it. But anyways, I mean, I don't wanna get sidetracked. It was just a random fun facts. And it, it all makes sense. Blair, do you have
0: any other follow-up questions in relates to that? Well, I, I can almost relate in, in terms of like the year after I stopped playing hockey, I didn't, I didn't watch a single game on TV. Cause I, I, I feel that to a different, you know, level of like, like I just dedicated from four years old on ice skates until you know, sophomore year of college, doing nothing but like hockey, eat, sleep, like work to pay for things, like girlfriends, you know, life, social life in school. Like that was like it. So outside of that, you know, I almost needed like that break. But I was, I'm curious for you if you noticed it for yourself. Like after I finished playing, I almost had that like dip, not a full blown like depression or anything, but like that athletic dip and I wasn't practicing, you know, getting the endorphins flowing and, working out is crazy like did you notice that for yourself coming out of a professional world with like all the hype and like adrenaline that's there when you kind of dipped out a little bit
2: i mean i did and it's not that life wasn't fulfilling it was just a different you know different type of type of life um and, and even being on the field you know being in the dugout for a baseball game i mean it's so different than a football game as you could imagine you know just those moments of you know those those Saturday night games against the Steelers on Christmas day type of thing. Like there is no atmosphere that matches that. Absolutely Mm -hmm. not. And then you get to a baseball game and you kind of get this lull in the sixth, seventh inning and you're like, it's, there's, I I had, you know, so much nervous energy because in in a dugout, you're just pretty much sitting still uh, versus a football game. I mean, you might as well wear gloves all the time because there's, there's blood all the time. There's always something to do. You're running around literally the whole game. Mm -hmm. Um, it's just different. So now I, I haven't really had the opportunity to feel that kind of lull, you know? So, you
0: know, next couple of months, I'll let you know how it goes, but we'll um, <laughs> see. Sounds good. We'll have to, we'll have to have you back on for part three or four, whatever it gets to by then. you okay, know, right. <laughs> on
1: a different perspective. No, I mean, that's, it's funny how, This is all coming in full circle because for me, I can relate with what you were saying too, Bill and you, Boyer, because when I was full-time in the fitness world and everybody knows who Fitz is and like a a fitness trainer, it's almost like you have that two mindsets that kind of goes play around in your head back and forth because as soon as I meet somebody and and they're like, oh, you work at this and you're a fitness trainer. Well, you know what? What can I do for myself? Da-da-da-da. And it's almost like I don't want to talk about that. You know, like let's talk about what you're doing for fun right now. Or like I, I don't it's almost like you're always gonna be in work mode. Right? Yeah, so, that? and you just
2: get hit a anytime there's some sort of gathering, that's what it always comes down to, like, oh I have this, what you know. Well, you know, if you want to pay me, I'll I'll be happy to talk to you about it. You know, but but I I mean, I try to think of myself as a a good person. So, like, I usually try to give a couple points. But, yeah, of course. I mean, it always – Conversation always circles back to always something, some sort of athletic injury.
1: What can I do for this? What can I do? What can I change my diet for you? Know, how can I make everything better? You know? Always. That's why sometimes for me, it's almost like I'm not going to talk about that because I kind of like they're new, anyways. And if it comes up, it comes up, but I'm not going to. So I totally understand. But I want to check in. How are you doing now? The sporting event that, um, did you watch the last Super Bowl? It was on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's so funny
2: being being with the Ravens for so many years and and standing on the sideline while Tom Brady's out there usually kicking your team's butt really made you hate him the, all those years. But now I'm actually finding myself rooting for him. It's kind of kind of interesting. Just uh, that's so good, you know, because now I can kind of take a step back and realize how incredible of an athlete is, um, you know, how good he really is at what he does, um, even you know just in spite of his age and how many more years he's going to keep on going. So you really you know got to recognize and give credit where credit is due. But yeah, you know, man,
1: he's you know taking a step back. You really see it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, like I mean, last question, and then we'll we'll move on. But is there a feeling? The reason why I didn't enjoy the, the watching the game is because also with the amount of work that you've done with them, and then they're just gonna be like, Blair, you could add on to this more. I know you could build this up more.
0: Oh, the question itself, like, yeah, mm-hmm. just I guess more along the lines of. One being that you wanted to kind of remove from what you've already put a lot of work into and like get that mental space. But like, what else, I guess, what else did you feel like if you saw a game on somewhere? I'm kind of curious, like, if someone had a game on and like you were with them, like, was it like annoying or frustrating? Or was it just like you just didn't want to even look at it whatsoever just to like restart? Or
1: even the amount of work that you put into the players and then they're just there destroying their. There, <laughs> oh,
0: are yeah, part of it.
2: It's not like <laughs> that. I mean, it, you know, it, it, a lot of those guys are again. I said they're you know, they're so grateful, and I still keep in contact with a couple of those guys I'm for sure with, and I'm still rooting for them. You know, there's it's crazy to think just it, it really hasn't been too long since I've been out of the Ravens, and there's only I think about three players still on the roster from when I was there before everyone else has moved on, or wow. you know, that their career's done. Um, but I'm still rooting for them. So you know, if the game's on, like I, I would rather check up on the stats, check on the box score, see how, see how the guys, you know, who I, who I call my guys, see how my guys did, you know, see if they perform well. Um, and I, you know, I'll check in with them every once in a while, see, see how they're doing. And I still get text messages. Hey, you know, I got this, what do I do? Mm. You know, so it, it's still pretty cool knowing that yeah. I don't have much of an impact on them, but they're still going to, you know, with, with the current medical care that they have available to them, they're still asking my opinion. So that to me is really cool.
0: Yeah. It so, goes deeper than just the the work. It's that relationship you've built with them. Which is really yeah, cool, absolutely, and and it,
2: it 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 I don't know. I can't tell you an exact time frame when I'll be able to turn on a game again, um, and I can't really pinpoint why or what emotions I have. It's just I don't know if it's a been there, done that, but um, I just know that I got bigger and better things in my life, and if you know, I'd, I'd rather 10 times over, you know, read the same stupid book with my, with my two year old son sure. rather than, you know, be the dad that has the game on with a couple of drinks and misses out on all those
0: moments, you know, that is very moving. Yeah. Fitz was actually, I, I know what he was alluding to earlier and I'll just say it more of as, as a joke, but we were trying to, you know, decide maybe cause Fitz had told me that you didn't enjoy watching games and stuff. And we were wondering why. And I was thinking like, well, you know, if, if a mechanic like goes and fixes a car and then like watch it, get enrolled into a destruction derby like he might be a little you know apprehensive to watch the game so i was wondering if you felt the same way especially in football with you know you're rehabbing these guys that are then going out and destroying their body on a daily basis if you kind of felt that like cringe inside you're like oh man another hit like that you see the guys who you're close to just get run over. And I mean,
2: being on the sideline versus watching on TV, you don't really, you really don't appreciate the actual speed of the game. Sure. Just these guys are just monsters, just so big, so fast, so strong. And then when two guys just colliding at wow. as fast as they can, it's just amazing. Kind of watch it in real time. And I've been, I've been fortunate because I've seen so many people get run over on the sidelines, inadvertently medical staff, doctors, it doesn't matter who, I've had guys run into me and, you know, step on my foot, brush up against my shoulder. And I'm like, Oh, that wasn't so bad. And then 10 seconds later, my whole arm went numb. Wow. Um, it's just like, just like these things where you're like, if that was two inches to the left, <laughs> I would have been, I would have been done, you know? And um, some of those special teams plays are like the, uh, the craziest. Cause if you, you know, from that, you know, start watching like some of those punt plays, watch the sidelines, watch those gunners run down the sidelines. Sure. Cause they get pushed five, 10 yards out of bounds. And I remember one time we were playing the Tennessee Titans and that happened to one of their, one of their gunners who just run down the field as fast as they can and try to disrupt the receiver. He, he ran into a coach full speed who was literally standing right next to me. We were, I was shoulder to shoulder with his coach. One second, he was there. The next second I looked over and he is gone out of the picture, about 10 yards away from me. And it actually turned out the they, uh, NFL actually fined the player. It was like 25 grand. Cause they said it was intentional. I look back at that and I go, if that was me, with a massive individual wearing full padding and a helmet how far would i have been grown and
1: what kind of shape would i have been in yeah so it's yeah um wow it happens even to the wow that's crazy (laughs) yeah sorry um um i have nothing to say i'm pretty speechless because you know a lot of times we don't think about those type of things that happens in the arena really you know i mean it's i mean just like you said they're, they're strong <laughs> men and they're big and monstrous but like just being wiped out without the proper gear it must have been poof. yeah I mean it, it definitely made you appreciate what they did on the field and, and
2: really have a better understanding of the game honestly that's I think that's a big part of being good at our job was understanding that you know exactly what they went through on a daily basis and the grind. And I think, I think people don't give baseball players enough credit um, because they, they think about, you know, football players and how, how difficult it is to, to get through a full year. But baseball is is a different beast. It's a different animal mm-hmm. where they're going, you know, for a good part of the year and it's day in and day out playing. Most guys are playing hurt, you know, and they're, they're powering through. Um, and it's, again, it's just a different animal than football. It's not the, the train collision every week. It's, It's the, you know, it's the same motion over and over every day of the year, you know? Mm -hmm. So again, that's, you know, what helps me be good at what I do is understanding what they go through on the field.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, again, like I've said, so eye opening. I'm going to lighten this up a little bit more in a surface area. Do you have any funny stories that have happened in that field while you were in there? I mean, I know there's a lot, but if you can (laughs) pick one that kind of just, you think about there's so many personalities,
2: just so many things that you try to forget, you know. And uh oh, I don't know. I mean, there's a lot you get to know the personalities with you know, like like Terrell Suggs and Steve Smith, those guys are just you know amazing competitors. Some of them get a bad rap, but um, both those guys are such good dudes. Um, and you know, there's I remember one moment where I was just kind of walking in, in the locker room, just kind of buzzing through. I don't even remember why I was going there, but in one moment, a split second, I'm upside down in the air. And I'm actually being held up by one of the one of the D-linemen upside down, like you see in a cartoon. Like <laughs> someone's trying to jiggle out your pocket change or your lunch money. It was literally like that. And that's how strong these guys are. He, he hands out, elbows extended, holding me upside down and just shaking me. And he, he was a good dude. It was all in good fun. But um, I was just – just, you know, some of those funny stories. Like, I don't even know how I got in this situation, but uh, (laughs) that
1: is the wrong
0: place. Right time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. that was all in good fun though.
0: You know, um, Blair, before we wind down, do you have any other pressing questions? No, I think, I mean, we answered a lot of the ones that I had. I mean, other than doing like a whole hour long session that I would have to pay you for, um, (laughs) in terms of the, the medical knowledge and stuff, but, (laughs) The uh no no we we went through pretty much everything I had and I just I just really appreciate you sharing everything Sam I know that was probably you're probably like having to sift through all those stories in your mind this whole time so you've done a really great job and thank you for for sharing everything
1: yeah and as
0: as we talk about it
1: it's not easy for you so thank you for for coming down here on on closing statement Bill I mean is there anything that as a final thoughts that you would say to our listeners coming from your heart and what you would like to share them and maybe somebody trying to make the change with their life, career, or path? It's, it's, you know, really focusing on what's important to you.
2: You know, again, I said it before, but if, if money wasn't an issue, what would you want to do with your life? What kind of role model do you want to be? Um, you know, I get a lot of people asking me how how they get into professional sports, and there's no easy answer. Um, again, I, I like to think it's my skill level, but I was in the right place at the right time. It depends how much time we have, but, you know, the, the truth was, um, you know, going to Purdue – and West Virginia actually at the time there was the most people working in the NFL from those schools. I mean, I didn't really know that before, you know, I started doing my applications. Um, so there was all, you know, I ended up doing two internships with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because the mm-hmm. head athletic trainer was a former uh, teacher at Purdue. I ended up going to the Miami Dolphins because one of the assistant athletic trainers was a student from Purdue, you know, that led me to, so when I, you know, the Baltimore Ravens, They were looking for a physical therapist because the CBA opened up another position. When they were looking, they had asked one of the interns who worked with the head athletic trainer when the Ravens were the Cleveland Browns, if they had anybody they would recommend. And he put my name in the pot. Um, So again, it's, you know, it's really, it's really about making connections, being Mm in the right time, the right place, but also remembering that, you know, when I was at, applying for these internships, I sent out 32 letters to you know, mm-hmm. all the football teams and I got 30 rejections, flat out no's. A quote that kind of comes to me right here is what, you know, John Harbaugh would always say is that, um, you know, failure isn't fatal and success isn't final, mm-hmm. you know? So it's just, it's the type of thing where don't be afraid to put yourself out there and fail uh, because it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in baseball, I had sent out, you know, 20 emails, 20 calls, and I got, four maybes. And that was after I had done those internships in football. You know, I got, I got two maybes, one turned into a yes to go work with the Pittsburgh pirates at the Mm. time. Um, And that was an internship. The physical therapist with the Pittsburgh pirates became the head athletic trainer with the Houston Astros. How did I get my foot in the door with the Astros? You know, that's, you know, it's all kind of started from day one where, you know, it's like your whole life almost turns into an interview, you know, Mm. where you, when I was in college, um, first day in undergrad, you know, you started making connections and still use those connections to this day, you know? So it, everything kind of connects together and it's, you know, it was, it was hard work and making a good impact on people. that got me where I am today. So, you know, if you're trying to get into pro sports, just, you know, I mean, I'm here to reach out and maybe I'll leave my email at the end. I love helping mm-hmm. people. So if anybody has anything where I can help out, you know, again, please let
1: me know. Please um, let's use this as, as an open floor to to where they can contact you and relates to your business, your practice, and also your contact information. Sure, yeah. Um, You know, best way to get a hold of me is is bellphysicaltherapy
2: at gmail.com. I also have a website that's in progress. It's bellphysicaltherapy.com. It's it's coming along, so don't judge me too quickly. It looks
1: good. (laughs) (laughs) It's good. Well, thank you, Sam. Thank you for opening up I said I was going to call you Belle, but I just called you Sam. But thank you, Belle, for opening up and being vulnerable with us. Right. I and mean, I know sure. that the, the podcast's mission is to really reach and inspire people. And this would really, this is a whole inspiration. That's why it's all in two parts. Oh, yeah. awesome. um, I'm going to pass it on to you, Boyer, for final thoughts and our contact info. Definitely.
0: No, it was just a, I really like the whole story between parts one and two where, you know, you had this major transition that kind of shaped your potential career in one space to still being able to be very involved with athletics, but in a a very different way. And also that you've then chosen to step away from that to continue being in the same physical space with your skills, but then in another realm. So it's like, you've, you've just done a really cool job of like maneuvering through the seasons of life. And I think I think a lot of people are going to resonate with that, so I hope that they do. So I know it's a little bit longer than my normal closing thoughts. Fits, but well, thank you for having me, and I hope I didn't ramble on
2: and go off topic too much because it's pretty soon it's going to be time to start my my fourth job here and, and become a parent
1: and get dinner <laughs> going and change diapers. So yeah, no, um, I'm going to add on to it too that the passion with Mister Bell here, the passion remains the same. It's just a different realm, mm-hmm. so it only shows that you could take your passion and apply it to everywhere else, right? So um no, and that was really that's a powerful story, Bell. It was really nice. I'm really moved and speechless right now. So
0: lawyer. Definitely. Well I will I will let everyone know where they can find us, of course, at our personal email, alohafitssam at gmail.com or on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest at enroute to success 365 and individually at Fitz DeSanto and Sam Boyer on LinkedIn. We're just really grateful to, uh, to have Mr. Bell with us today. So Fitz, I'll let us, you. you close us out. Yes, and um, we're always
1: close it out by what we're grateful for. For me, my friendship with Mr. Bell. Thank you. I'm really grateful for that. I promise not to talk about sports that <laughs> much. Um, how about you? What's, what's your things you're grateful for? today grateful for life man just
2: yeah having my family having close people by um you know it really really makes you know keeps moving forward you know absolutely
0: yeah for 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 me i think a little cliche but i am very grateful for sports because of all the things that i've learned and and obviously the the conversation we had today probably i wouldn't have had as many insights had i not played myself (laughs) as long as i did but yeah just grateful for a lot of the coaches and people like yourself out there that are shaping younger people's minds too. Cause that's another side of it that we probably could do a part three on. Um, but I just really appreciate all the, the guidance from my coaches over the years and, um, athletic trainers and, uh, physical therapists too. So yeah, very grateful for that in that regard. And I'll go with that.
1: We appreciate it. Thank you. (laughs) You are. And well, Thank you guys for your time. We really appreciate it. And look out for many more episodes. Thank you again, Bill. Thank you.